Welcome to the Shaman's Cave. My name is Renee Barabal, the Practical Shaman. And I'm Sandra Ingerman um, from Santa Fe, New Mexico, where we're experiencing winter here again. <laughs> no, not at all. Well, I'm loving it because I've been getting to take wind walks for into May, like every night it's like, oh, the wind is blowing and it's only 70 degrees. And it's like, yes, we, we've only been over a hundred a couple of times. And which if you, you know, you know, the desert at all in May, it's like unheard of to, to be having this unseasonably breezy, cool, windy weather where I get these beautiful shots of the sky. Have you seen them? I, I share them a lot yeah. in the Shaman's Cave group. Um, it's just incredible skies this year. Yeah, your photos are, are really remarkable. Yeah, we had snow all day yesterday. How and, cool was that? And I'm a snow person, so I was like, yay. <laughs> Did you go make some snowballs? <laughs> I didn't make snowballs, but I run out and I write love in the snow. And when you write love in the snow, it goes into the earth when it melts. And so that's a beautiful practice for those of you who are always looking for healing ceremonies uh, to do for the earth. That's a real simple one. You can do it also after the rain. Um, you write love and let that water sink in with that intention of love where you're sharing it with the heartbeat of the earth. It's, a, it's, it's just a beautiful uh, way to work with the elements. Wow, and that brings us so succinctly into today's topic about people who do wonderful things around the world without any recognition. Because there's probably hundreds of thousands of people out there who write love in the snow and never get any recognition for it. So uh, I, I love that you do that. It would never, it never occurred to me. Yeah. Not that we get snow here too often, but it just never, I never would have thought of that as, as a simple ceremony of words and love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What Renee, Renee, what you're sharing is uh, is really important. And uh, years ago, my spirits uh, shared with me that there's something really powerful in the energy of anonymity because um, last week. So, just to catch people up, if you're if you if you didn't catch last week's show, Renee and I talked about. Um, taking the high road. Uh, it was, um, it's a way of, instead of always seeing that people are attacking um, us or we're victims to negative energies, um, what about if we take the high road and we go inside ourselves and we reflect on what in our own inner landscape, in our own inner garden, are we reflect, is being reflected back to us by the outer world? And are we sending negative energy out? And that's why we're experiencing negative energy coming back. And we call it taking the high road because it's not a comfortable, it's not comfortable when I do this work, when I, when I feel like I'm being attacked and when I decide, oh, I'm not going to be a victim, I'm going to go in and look at my inner landscape. It's like embarrassing. It's like, really, <laughs> you know, it's embarrassing. And so it's hard work to do. And, and so I just want to thank everybody who has the courage to do it. And so um, out of that, 
um, we started to talk about on, on the show about the millions of people around the world who are doing spiritual work to be in service and they don't they don't need to have their names recognized they don't need their names on twitter this person's doing this amazing job or facebook or um instagram or or anywhere it's it's those people who are bright lights because that's who they are not because they're trying to get a reward for it and my spirit said, told me years ago that that energy of being willing to just be without a reward coming back, rewards come back when you're a being of light and you radiate light and uplift others. But when you're not expecting that or when you're not doing it for something, that's an energy that's really powerful on the planet. Yes, I had one experience of that in my life. I mean, I'm sure I have more, but this one particular one where once I started to work the 12 steps of AA because I wanted to get somebody else sober because I was pretty self-centered and I figured if they healed, I'd be okay, which, <laughs> which is like so not real, especially if you're in a long-term relationship with somebody, you, you know that's not, they could do whatever they're going to, and you're either going to be fine or not. And after I did this, I wanted to uh, help other people, which was really new for me from a standpoint of, you know, selfless giving. And the phone rang and they said, oh, we're, we're a group of um, overeaters. And, you know, we heard you might take us through the steps. And I'm thinking to myself, like, well, I'm a chef. What do I know about food disorders? And I really, thought, you know, it was a real curious. So I went there. And for two years, I went there every single week and took this group of people through the step work. And, and every week I'd leave feeling so much better, you know, and, and you don't get paid for this. It was just like, I showed up and every week I felt better. And I was like, you know, so if that's a little bit selfish, I guess it was, but there was no other than, wow, I got something great from this. Can I give some back to you? And, and I think those are the kinds of experiences you're talking about, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like I, I, I keep, I always go back to this woman. Um, uh, my, my husband Woods and I, we, we went on a vacation to Hawaii many, many years ago and, and I wasn't feeling well. I had laryngitis um, at the time, but I was celebrating my 60th birthday. And so we went anyway and we went, um, we went shopping for food and we went into a grocery store and it was one of those real crowded grocery stores. And I, I wasn't feeling, I didn't want to be there. It was later on in the day. I just wanted to go home and, and rest. And, um, and the checkout woman, my God, I, I'll never forget her. I mean, it was six years ago. I remember every single solitary feature of her face. I still remember her eyes. And um, she just was, she was making everybody on this incredibly long line laugh. And so I noticed how everybody on the line started with dour faces. 
And one by one, we would turn to look at each other. And before we knew it, everybody was rating and laughing and we were having these conversations together. And it was all started by this woman who, you know, was not making much money. It was the end of the day for her. She probably wanted to go home too, but you would never know it. This is just who she was, you know? And it affected me so deeply. And I remember being in the post office one day, and I might have shared this story already on one of our, our shows. And um, it was a Saturday, and, you know, so nobody was really in the post office. And I was reading my mail at the, the counter, and there was a man standing next to me, and I could just see um, he was having a hard day. You know how you know somebody's having a hard day. And I just looked at him and I just smiled at him. And I can't remember his exact words to me, but he thanked me when he left. He thanked me for um, healing him with what was going on just through my smile. And, you know, that was feedback that I got, but I didn't go in trying to do anything you know, I was just smiling and being a presence of love, holding space for a person who obviously just got bad news um, in the mail that they read. And so when you think about it, think about it in your own life of, of being out in the world and you're in a bad mood and a stranger just looks over and smiles at you or says, I really like the color that you're wearing today. They didn't expect anything back. They weren't doing this um, because they wanted money or, or acknowledgement from you. It, it was an act of kindness. It was an act of kindness. Which reminds me of if, uh, something you said in there was that we always have some kind, or I do, this little judgment about how people can be so happy or, you know, that, that she might have wanted to go home because we don't know that. But there's this girl that I, I work with at the Addiction Treatment Center who she is Pollyanna of, of the, you know, the cheerleader of champion of the, the patients. And, and now she's moved on and she's now the same way in the new job. And, and I used to say like, are you for real? Like that, I'm so cynical that it's even hard to believe that somebody could see this. Finally, one day I said, how can you just be such a, you know, like think like this all the time. And she told me that her grandfather had told her that you should always see the good in everyone first. Uh -huh. and, and I thought to myself like, wow, I can't even see the good in, and you being so Miss Pollyanna all the time, I'm like, like, what are you covering up? What are you hiding? And I don't know if that's because, you know, being a shaman, I've seen so much of the trauma, but it's just like, so last night when I was on the wind walk, I was thinking about her and wondering how, how we can reconcile in our own selves this state of, yes, I'm a wounded bird. And even from my woundedness, I can still shine that light bright and change somebody else's day and and that they're like they can live harmoniously within the same body of mine so that I could project that joy onto the world instead of the cynicism 
that I, I project onto the people who, who have that much unbounded, unbridled joy. Yeah, and, and I'm really learning a lot about uh, this right now, actually, because uh, I'm teaching a, a course for the SHIP Network on um, building relationships with nature. And nature is a great teacher. I mean, for one thing, our perception creates our reality. Our perception always creates our reality. And we always have a choice to see the suffering or we have the choice to see the beauty. We have a choice to see somebody as mean or we, we can look past that and see their light. And so a place where you can start, because people do tend to trigger us a lot, <laughs> a place where I found that you can start in teaching, while well, I've been teaching this course, is as I've been getting people to really talk to nature, not ask for wisdom, but ask a tree how its day was or its history or what its family was like or the land or or talk to the water that, you know, comes into your house, people are stepping into out of the collective place of suffering and into a dimension where they're only seeing beauty. And of course, there's uh, the suffering that we perceive um, in the earth um, and what other beings are going through and what other humans are going through. But we have a choice at all times to widen our uh, perception because there's a bigger picture that we don't always see. And um, when we're willing to accept that there's a bigger picture, we have the opportunity to spend time in nature, learn about beauty, step away from the suffering, and we can start looking beyond all the issues that we have, ego, personality, of who we present ourselves in the world, we can look, we always have the choice to look beyond that to see the beauty in another person because everybody is a spiritual light who came here to play a particular role on the planet. It's just a role. Don't blame them for the role that they're playing. They're, we're all good people. Um, look at the beauty, look at the light. Everything else is just a role. <laughs> right. That, 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 that beauty that you walk with. I can't help, when you were talking earlier, I started to have this memory, which I haven't had in a long time, about one time I, and it's about the projection of this. One time I was hiking up a mountain in Colorado and I got to just about to the top and there was this love emanating. And there was this person sitting over there and I thought, Oh my God, I just must have met my soul connection, right? Like, because there was just this intensity of this love that was beaming off the top of the mountain. And so I'm just sitting there quietly waiting for this person to finish their meditation so I could meet this love of my life. And <laughs> all of a sudden the person finishes and they turn around and it was like an 85 year old man. And it was like the most incredible experience for me to to see how what I was projecting out from this feeling of love was like some image of what I wanted this, this human experience to be back at myself. And it was really 
not. And, and I had this wonderful, we walked down and I think I might've even met him one more time up at the top of the mountain. And it was like one of those instant fleeting moments in time where I got a chance to see that, that unconditional love is just a state of being right. that people can, can, so that it doesn't matter what you're doing in a day, but it's, it's a matter of that. You walk with that step of love that you become that spiritual warrior who steps with that love and grace wherever you walk. And trust me, I, I, I fall short on this all the time as most people do, but, but this is a reminder of, what we project out really isn't necessarily what's true at all. Exactly. Yeah. And it really is about a choice and it's learning, um, um, you know, in, in journeys that I, I had years ago, you know, when I first started writing my transmutation news in 2000, I started being shown that the earth was evolving out of a hierarchical system of survival of the fittest into unconditional love. Mm -hmm. And in order to evolve out of that place of the conditioned mind, um, to evolve to where the earth is evolving, we have to allow ourselves to be led by our hearts and not by our minds. And right now in our culture, we're so rationally oriented we lead with our mind instead of our heart. And when you make decisions and when you walk through the world um, in, in your heart, you have a completely different experience of life. And that's just true. <laughs> I think it's like this morning when we were talking about uh, this new writing that's coming through me. And it's like, well, you know, it's like, if, if it, it's, my heart is leading me. It's like, yeah, I don't, and, and I found that writing the first book too, is like, there was a point where at first I was writing it so that it would get bought by a publisher. Then I was getting, writing it to see who, who might read it. And then I was just writing it because I was so in love with the material and I was having such an experience of, of, of this, that that overtook any of the other things. And I think that's the feeling that we're, we're, talking about today is like when you so engage and you so uh, intertwine with your own experience that you can show up in a new presence and, and bringing forth a new light. And that's kind of where we're going today to talk about how we're going to um, bring this forward in a, in a meditation or journey that Sandra's going to lead. And you know, we do take turns with these journeys, but when she wants to lead them, I'm like, okay, I'm not, we don't like, it's not like, well, who's talked last? Time? Okay. It's just like, so that's what I love about our conversations is they just so, okay, well you start today. Cause I started and it's like, who started? Doesn't matter. <laughs> well, you know, we're into an organic flow and we hope that, that, that's helpful. We, we get really uh, wonderful feedback. We've been getting amazing feedback um, coming through emails um, to the Shaman's Cave about um, just the flow between us. And it's an example of I'm not trying to um, show myself as better than Renee. And Renee's not trying to show herself as better as me we're trying to support each other um, and, and, and bring you um, seeds 
that that maybe help you in your life and that's what we're talking about even in this journey of in our culture we always seem to be trying to um, push one person down and and make one one of us look better that's kind of what happens in our culture and I don't know if I if I shared this story on a show before they all kind of weave into each other at some point but somebody sent me this amazing story um, about this tribe where an anthropologist came in and was going to do a game with these children of hiding candy um, by a tree and who would, whichever child got the most candy won. And when the anthropologist said, one, two, three, go, the children all held hands together, ran together, and helped each other find the candy. And the anthropologist said, but well, wait a second, this was a game to see who would, who would get the most candy. And they go, no, we're, we're family, we're family. And when you're family, you all work together. There's no winning. There's no losing. And why would you, these were children <laughs> saying this, why would you put another child down like that? Why <laughs> do that, you know? And so that's what we're talking about here is what if we all go out into the world and, and shine our light and it doesn't matter um, as Renee was saying, who's leading the exercise today? We're, we're a collective. We're a family. And we're all doing this together. We're all sharing um, together. And we're all getting the rewards together. And nobody's winning and nobody's losing. And, you know, that's a beautiful energy to start thinking about in our culture that's so dominated by competition. <laughs> Yes, I feel like this is such a cooperation and, and, and every week we look forward because we never know what's, you know, we're not scripted. We're just like, where did that come from? <laughs> so, yeah. So, so you want to tell us about the exercise yeah. for today? Yeah, so I'll tell you about the exercise and we're going to do a shortened exercise because um, of the timing of our show. Um, and uh, what we're going to do is so that you can go deeper with the work. I actually wrote this journey up in my book, Walking in Light, The Everyday Empowerment of Shamanic Life. And so what I'm going to do is I'm, um, I'm going to send it to Renee, and she's going to post all the instructions for the exercise. And then we're also going to um, post... Um, a drumming track, or um, how I, I do this as a ceremony in workshops at retreat centers. And in my ceremonies, I use a wonderful musical track called The Ultimate Ohm by Jonathan Goldman. And um, it, it's just beautiful music to support this work. And so I'll be sending this to Renee. And so the instructions, along with some musical tracks that you can play so that you have more time to take you deeper into the experience. I'm just going to kind of lead you in and lead you out pretty quickly so that you can continue this work on your own. And so what happened for me was many years ago, um, 
my spirits came to me and started to talk to me about the power of anonymity, the conversation that we, Renee and I just had and you joined in with. And then after they talked to me about the power of anonymity, these two beautiful light beings, they had so much light coming out of them but they had no faces because, again, it was about anonymity, not looking at one's face. Um, so these two beautiful faceless beings, friendly, light, joy coming out of them, they took me by the hands and they escorted me down into this chamber that they telepathically, there were no words spoken, uh, called the inner chamber of light. And uh, they escorted me to a little workstation where I was told to sit and follow the spiritual guidance that I had um, about being part of a community that was working on healing the web of light. And in this chamber were millions of people all around the world who were doing this work just to be in service, not for any rewards whatsoever, just to be in service. And they were all doing their work. Some of them were spinning, some of them were weaving, some of them were chanting, some of them were oming, some of them were dancing, energies as shamans do, as shamans are gardeners of energy. And I was just told to mind my own business and do my work. So there was no communication with these other people. There was no staring at them or looking at them. This was all about doing our work in an anonymous way, just because we're being led from heart and not from our mind to be in service. And so what I'm going to do uh, today is I'm just going to start with um, doing some singing and rattling. And then I'm going to uh, start my drumming and I'm, I'm going to guide you um, to uh, letting those two beings, faceless beings, start to escort you down into the inner chamber of light to um, find your workstation. And I'll drum just for a few minutes. It's not going to be enough time for you to do much work. I'm just showing you the territory of how to get there so that you can remember how to do it on your own. And then I'm going to bring you back. And then you'll have the materials where you can do a nice, deep 20-minute experience um, or shorter or longer on your own, depending on what you'd like to do. So how does that sound, Renee? Anything? That sounds awesome because I just want to say people have been commenting, oh, we wish your show was longer and our show's not going to get longer. But what I would like to say is that after each show, I go and I continue the healing for a week. So, you know, it's like time. This is a timeless show. We're giving you a little piece. You can engage it and take it into your daily practice for the next week or two weeks. And so time's irrelevant and I'm excited about this and I can't wait to see where my workstation is and how that's gonna unfold in the next week or two for myself and my own life. Yeah, so um, let me get my precious shamanic tools. 
<laughs> the, <clears throat> I constantly bless and talk to you as you should be too. Remember we did a powerful show on sacred tools. Our sacred tools are alive and should be blessed and should always be honored. And so when you do this work, I'll be doing the rattling and drumming for you now, but when you do this journey on your own, please feel free to um, drum, please feel free to rattle, move, chant. Um, shamanism is, is an embodied experience. It's not an out-of-body experience. Shamans bring their bodies with them into the work. So again, I'll be guiding you all the way so you won't have to think about anything. You just know that you're going to this inner chamber of light to find your workstation where you can do further work later. And I'll escort you back out again. Okay, so here we go. Take a few deep breaths and step away from your daily thoughts and concerns. For you can't bring your mind into the inner chamber of life and make a difference to the collective. Let your heart lead you. Use your breath to quiet your mind. And move your energy into your heart as you think about what you love about life and what you love about the earth. Think about something that feels so beautiful to you in life that you're willing to be in service to the all. I so with your eyes closed dancing or chanting or whatever feels right. Feel yourself in your journey space in, that you're in right now. Feel your heart beating in harmony with the earth. The earth, which is billions of years old and is evolving just like you. And what if we're evolving out of survival of the fittest to all just shining our light and being love, not trying to love, but being unconditional love. And so your intention is to allow yourself to 
be escorted into the inner chamber of light. And notice as your journey begins that there are these two beautiful, faceless beings. They're filled with joy and so much love, even though they have no expression on their face. It's emanating out of every cell of their body, and they're here to share their love and light with you. And they take your hand, and they escort you down a stairway. They move with you slowly because there's really no light in here. There was never supposed to be light in here for people to be able to see each other working. Let them escort you gently and with love as they take you to your workstation in the inner chamber of light. And sit in your workstation and feel the texture of your chair. Feel the feeling of being with millions of people that you can't even see, you can only perceive. They're working on the strands of the web of light and the web of light. And you're being invited to join in in whatever way that feels right. You might be cleaning strands. You might just be sitting and emanating love. You might be chanting or oming or dancing. Just notice what feels right for you. There will be a time for you to continue this work. But for now, you have been to your workstation and you know about the inner chamber of light. And so these two beautiful faceless beings will now escort you back out again, knowing that you're gonna return with your commitment to do this selfless work. So let them escort you out of the darkness, up the stairs, through the veil of the unseen realms, back into the room that you're journeying in. Say goodbye to these two precious beings, but they'll be back when you're ready to do this work for a longer time. And so just feel the feeling in your body of knowing how many millions of people around the world are emanating love and light, not with any agenda of being recognized, what a freeing sensation. You can just be who you are in this inner chamber of light. There's no pressure. There's no right way to do this work. It's all about being love. 
put your hands on your heart and notice how you're feeling right now. Hopefully a feeling of excitement of going back to doing this work. So when you feel ready, take a deep breath and open up your eyes and just be back. So welcome back, everybody. Again, that was a short little taste of something longer that you can do. And this is just a beautiful place to be in service. And as I said during the journey, imagine the freedom that you can just be yourself. No judgment coming back of what you do. You're just yourself. I, I love that feeling of freedom. Um, I just really love that. Mm. Well, that's kind of what we're cooking up here on the Shaman's Cave. I, I feel that same kind of joy and freedom of this kind of selfless work. And, and I got to my pot of stirring and feeding people. And, and, and so I'll be curious to go back and do some more of that. And where you're going to be able to find this is over at shamanstv.com. If you scroll down the page, there's a place where we put, uh, it's called words. And it's events we have in this, but you, you'll be able to find this piece here to follow this thread about the, the meditations and things that you might want to follow up with to find your freedom in the world of, of that selfless service. Thank you, Renee, for being willing to do that. It, Renee does a really beautiful posting on Shaman's TV and also on the Shaman's Cave. And um, it, it Every day there's an inspiration coming from Renee and it's really beautiful. So thank you. Thank you. That somebody pointed out the other day that I truly was the practical shaman that I have this, you know, I have, you know, you can only have it when you have a love for something and I have a love for technology and for graphics and for, you know, for, for social media. So it comes from a, a place of willingness in my heart. And we really hope you feel that from the show. And we, we want to thank you for being here and, you know, stay tuned for next week's show. Thank you, everyone. Blessings. Thank you, Renee. Thank you, Sandra.